Ara, it's the Android Police Podcast. Just thank uh, you. Mm-hmm. Never gonna let that down. Nope. Never what ever. happened? We are back with another week of the Android Central Podcast, and nope. Try again. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Good morning, evening, afternoon, night. We're playing with some weird time zones here this week because it is CES and time just got a little bit loopy for all of us. Uh, Joining us this week, at least for this first little part here, we have Stephen Shank and Taylor Kearns who are at CES. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm surviving for the moment. Remains to be seen how the rest of the week will play out, but it's a spectacle over here. CES is almost back in full force. Last time I was here was in 2020 and it's uh, looking pretty, uh, pretty peppy. Well, we're recording this on Friday. What's left for y'all at CES at this point? Yeah, for us, not that much. Uh, we should be doing less of our meetings today and trying to see a little bit of the exhibitors that we haven't got a chance to stop by with. But yeah, it's still going all weekend. Without us, sadly, I could use another two, three days to just wander the show floor here and still wouldn't see even a fraction of it. Yeah, that's kind of how CES is. Taylor, what have you thought of CES this week? Do you have any energy left in your body? I absolutely don't. Um, I was joking right before this that I am now legally dead. Um, <laughs> no, it's been fantastic. Uh, it's, it's, it's my first time at CES and my first time in Vegas, and it is all huge and sprawling, and it's all trying to get your attention, and I'm overwhelmed, but I'm having a great time. All righty. Well, y'all have been actually at the show, so you have seen some of the products that we're actually going to talk about, so I'm going to ask the two of you, what product has actually excited y'all the most so far? And then we can get into all of our fun embargoed thingies. Yeah, so Keller and the, I have been I've struggling. Been everybody to... <laughs> yeah, we, we both jumped into that because we've been asked this question every single person we talked to so far. And there's, there's not an easy answer. There's not even a good answer. We've seen a lot of random things. There haven't been any major phone launches at the show this year. You know, we've got to check out the Samsung's uh, A-series and the, the upcoming uh, ThinkPhone from uh, Motorola Novo. But really, from like a, a straight-up Android perspective, this is a show about branching out into uncharted territory here, looking at all the TVs, looking at the Chrome stuff. Even Google itself had a few new features to show off, some great Android Automotive stuff. And that was actually maybe the coolest. I'm going to go with that. The Android Automotive demo for Android Auto, they had a car with Google built in, a one-off prototype car from Volvo there. For someone whose car is still like 20 years old and Bluetooth was a stretch, let alone full Android Auto, this was super impressive to see in action. Alrighty, and Taylor, what about you? Oh, Stephen, telling me that I need to find a better answer than this, but I have to <laughs> stay true to myself. We saw a uh, smart bird feeder by a company called Bird Buddy. Uh, it has a camera attached, and when a bird lands to eat, uh, it identifies the species and sends you a notification of it, which I think is adorable. Yeah, that's pretty adorable. I'm not sure how many people would, yeah, need that, but that's that's adorable. They're launching a new hummingbird model right now. Hey, you joke, but hummingbirds are A, harder to photograph, and B, adorable. But also, their feeders need refilling constantly. And ants are always Oh, that's delicious nectar. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten a chance yeah. to see the hummingbird model yet. I'm trying to find it before before the show's over today. Ah. Uh. Ooh, I know it was impressive. Sony had, uh, it's very cool, the new larger model of this, uh, what it's called. It's not augmented reality. It's a uh, no glasses 3D screen. And it uses eye tracking so it can adjust 3D models. It's not just yes. 3D and it's one picture, but it follows you. Oh, it's so impressive to see. So you're saying that I will be able to experience Avatar 2 the way it was meant to be seen at home. 
I don't think anyone was meant to see Avatar 2, but <clears throat> agree to right, disagree. Steven, clearly you didn't listen to the last episode of this uh-huh, podcast uh-huh. where I talked about it for 45 uh, minutes. I'm with Steven on this one. <laughs> but yeah. Let's, Good movie. Good movie. It just makes no logical sense to me, the logistics of making that movie. We left that in the last episode and we're going to move on. Um, I will say for me, the most exciting thing out of CES has been the Chromebooks and the Chromeboxes. Chromeboxes aren't that sexy, but they're important for no other reason than they're what Enterprise buy, but they're also what you would buy for an actual home. Like if you need a family computer, you want a Chromebox, not a Chromebook. And seeing more of those and seeing them get actual like consistent upgrades this time because chromeboxes have always been something of an afterthought for the chrome os market i think the 15 watt wireless charger in one of them is a bit ridiculous but whatever you have to do to get headlines at ces i'm i'm okay with i did get you uh to stop by acer yesterday and check out their new um the add-in one what are they calling that it's not an all-in-one. It's modular. Oh, add-in one. Yeah. 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 I, I was writing that in bar. I was writing that up, and I was like, all-in-one. Wait. Not, oh not no, that's quite, not a typo. Yeah. That's actually how they're writing it. Okay. Yep, okay then. Yep. And they have some cool new Chromebook education models coming up. They had one with all from recycled materials, post-consumer recycled stuff. It's just really cool looking. They have like a, a blacked-out Chrome logo on there. So because inks impact recyclability of a product. Uh, and yes. it just looks like a, like a dark mode equivalent of a laptop. It's very sweet. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could have gotten into more of the education Chromebooks this week, but I'm still stuck in the mindset of education Chromebooks don't get announced at CES. They get announced at a British educational convention at the end of January, but that doesn't happen anymore since pandemic. But hopefully we'll be able to dig into those a little bit more. The other like inexpensive Chromebook that I am super over the moon about from CES is uh, the Lenovo Plex 3i because it's the same size as all the 11.6-inch Chromebooks have been. Well, it's a slightly smaller, but it's the same size as all the classic compact Chromebooks have been for the last eight years at this point. But instead of an 11.6-inch screen, we got 12.2. They finally took pity on us and answered our prayers and gave us a... Uh, Bigger screen, smaller bezels in the same form factor. And I'm very, very hopeful that that's going to be the start of like a industry-wide upgrade. Because, dear God, we've needed to get away from those 11.6-inch 1366 by 768 TFT nonsense. So yeah, that's making me excited. Even though it's a cheap Chromebook and I don't think a whole lot of people are going to care that much outside of, you know, when people are going to start buying Chromebooks on sale at Prime Day and again on around Black Friday and back to school. Yeah. Moving on from Chromebooks. For Smart Home, there was a lot of semi-interesting stuff, and then there was some stuff that was just, why did you make this? So I think we can just start pretty quickly with Wythings and just knock that out of the way. Um, Have y'all been to the Wythings booth? Did y'all see the sensor that has been making the headlines? Uh, I mean, I've seen it from a distance. I don't know how close I want to get to that thing, but... yeah. For those of you who have not read all of our CES coverage, Wythings is a maker of a wide variety of uh, smart home and smart health products, like a bunch of smart scales and other things. And they've made a sensor that goes in your toilet bowl and will analyze your urine. And A, I don't want to think about the logistics of trying to clean the toilet with it in there or cleaning the sensor. Because I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to use bleach on it. If you do, yeah, that could be it's, it's very wild. Though. But at the same time, I do. Your urine is full of bleach. It will sound every alert that it can. Go to your doctor immediately. <laughs> well, no, I meant for cleaning your bowl and cleaning the thing. 
yeah, but I'm trying to remember if Whiting's had anything else besides that, but the urine sensor just overtook absolutely everything. And then we had a couple of, uh, oh god, what was it? Moen had a new sprinkler and smart function system that I don't really think it breaks the any of the like conventions, but at least it puts everything together in one box, which has been very hard to do for smart sprinkler systems for a couple of years. So that'll hopefully make things a little bit cleaner. We had a bunch of smart lighting stuff, including uh, Nanoleaf. Did y'all get to play with any of the Nanoleaf stuff? Oh, you know, I've talked to Nanoleaf people a couple times trying to check out the uh, that new ceiling mounted uh, light yeah, that they have. Yeah, the skylight. I haven't had it any of the... Uh, the briefings we've been to, they're supposed to be on the show floor. I need to try to find them today if I can. But yeah, looking forward to checking that out in person. Um, yeah, Steven, I, I know you have to go soon. I don't mean to interrupt, but you went to Razor's booth and did like a very, oh, very yes. long write-up. And so before you have to run, I want to know how was Razor's uh, showing at CES? Uh, I mean, Razor's got some cool stuff. It all lights up in, in every color of the rainbow, as Razor thinks will. Um <laughs> So I got to look at the uh, the Razer Edge, that Android-powered uh, gaming console based on the, the Kishi hand grip and with a, a customized, not a phone, tiny tablet that slides in there. It's an interesting idea because you think that most gamers will probably just want to use their existing phone. But <clears throat> when you're trying to, to uh, use an aftermarket controller add-on with that, it's never going to fit perfectly. The UI experience mm-hmm. is going to be inconsistent depending on you know, what manufacturer uh, handset you have. So I guess it makes sense, and they're keeping the price reasonably low. This isn't like dropping $1,000 on another phone. The Wi-Fi yeah. unit is going, I think, $399, was it? And then uh, Verizon has a 5G model, which you can pick up even cheaper. I think it'll come to $350 over uh, the course of the, the three-year subsidies if you're interested in getting that with 5G connectivity because it's plugged right into all your favorite game streaming services. With just a couple clicks, you can get to Xbox. You can get to well, not Stadia anymore. You can get to NVIDIA. The interface they have put together looks pretty, pretty slick. They're curating the Android Game Store, the Play Store, so that Android games with controller support are highlighted because it's so hard to find those otherwise. Yeah, I'm really yeah. curious to see how this, uh, how this does it. In addition to that, I really like the... Um, had a PC soundbar that does uh, eye tracking to follow you, much like that Sony uh, display I looked at was doing with eye tracking in order to project a, a 3D image directly in your direction. This is the same thing with audio. It's following you around. It's giving you a surround sound experience that only you're really experiencing. There's even one with a virtual headphone. So it's like, it's supposed to replicate the idea of, you know, it's just regular two-channel audio, but you don't have to have something on your head all day. If you get ear fatigue, this is an option for you. And that's just scratching the surface. See, I'm just thinking about having that on and then having like a friend or someone else come home or God forbid your kids. And it's just like, okay, suddenly the, you doesn't know where the surround sound is. Supposed yeah. To go. I think this is why they are positioning this as a PC product rather than something for your living room. Cause that was my first uh, concern as well. When I saw this and before I got to the, uh, the full details of the announcement is right. Who is this going to be focusing on? But for a single user, it makes sense. And then I was at first, you know, well, why do you need that if this is only a single person? How much do you possibly be moving? Like if you have a standing desk or, you know, just swift one around in your chair. Yeah. And definitely yeah. just moving your head side to side. In person, you can experience it. It really does. If you're blocking the camera so it can't track you, it really does impact the experience. So what they're doing is working. Well, I'm hoping we maybe get to try that down the line. Although if it's PC, I'm assuming it's a Windows Mac thing. Or does it work independent of the PC and you could use it with any desk? Uh, yeah, I know it has USB connectivity uh, to get the audio with PC. It also does Bluetooth, so you can connect it to any your Android phone. 
Okay, that sounds platform that agnostic. Way. Yeah, yeah. I can maybe talk someone into letting me review that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say, one of the things I, I really... I think it would be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, would. He's going to say, Taylor, I think it's first dibs here. <laughs> he does. Oh, th- that guy's a pushover. You'll have no problem. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Stephen, I know you have to get going to your next meeting so we can say you're ready here and let you rush over. Thank you. So you're I'm not about late. to find out about all things coming in the world of USE connectivity. Oh. oh. Now that's what I actually would have liked. It's not, I mean, a lot of the stuff is flashy here, is but it, just it, the, the tech stuff, that's, that's a big draw as well. So I'm interested in finding about what they're going to be doing next. Yeah. And this is a time when we're getting like USB 4 is finalized. We're finally starting to get more of the like extended power range gadgetry. It's, there's, right, and, right. Uh, and granted, we just got the new, uh, wireless standard. So I'm, I'm wondering whether or not the USSB consortium could have been, unva- uh, I'm trying to remember if they had anything this week. Cause I, I just blacked out from so many, uh, emails, but yeah, I was talking yeah, to you guys yesterday, fun. checking out the, uh, the Qi 2 magnetic connector and all that backwards compatibility. There's a lot of stuff they have planned coming up. So either wired or wireless charging, either way you're doing it. Exciting things ahead. Alrighty. Well, you go get to that, and then I'm sure we will all read about it at Android Central. Nope. Hopefully by the time this nope. podcast airs. Android, please. Oh, Aria. my God. No, Aria. I didn't. <laughs> so close. I, it was home. Bye, Steven. But yeah, yeah. Bye, Steven. <laughs> Take care, guys. Oh, my God. Taylor, what are some of your, before we let you go as well, because I'm sure you have stuff to get to, what are anything else you want to highlight that you've seen on the show floor or, you know, in general? Uh, I got to shake hands with uh, an, like an autonomous security robot, which was okay. interesting and terrifying. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't remember the name of the company that built the robot. They were here with ADT. That was pretty cool. But more relevant to us, uh, the, Lenovo, the Lenovo Tab Extreme seems very yeah. interesting to me. Did you guys read about this at all? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I attended the briefing and I'm somewhat interested, but I'm also of the mindset of if it's that big and it can do that much, why is it running Android? <laughs> I was on board until I saw the price. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't know that I have seen the price. What is it? Uh, it starts at $1,200. Okay. Well, it is. I mean, it does have a very similar form factor to the Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra. So, yes. I mean, yes. probably the same market for both. Uh, I did yeah, like the keyboard believe... on this better, though. It's, it's more like, yeah, it's more like Apple's magic keyboard for um, right. iPads, which I think I like more than most people do, but... I have one for my iPad, and it is considering that I have an iPad Air, which is a relatively small screen. I'm surprised how much I can get done on a keyboard that small with a touchpad that small. Yeah, and the Tab Extremes keyboard felt pretty good. The trackpad, I didn't use it long enough to know for sure, but I'm, it might have yeah. been a little, a little too grippy for me, a little hard to get the cursor around. But yeah, I'm excited about it. I hope it gets tried out sometime for longer than a few minutes. It has like eight speakers on it. <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, it, that's not totally unheard of. I know, I know. It's just, it's just, it's impressive, I guess. I don't know. Like, it feels like they're, they're really aiming for productivity, but between the speakers and like, it's a, a really tablet high that big is for res. content consumption. Let's not fool ourselves. Yeah, I know. Especially yeah. the way that Lenovo's desktop stuff on Android tablets works. Yeah. Like, I love Lenovo and I love Lenovo tablets and I've worked off of Lenovo tablets before, but they run so much better with Chrome OS than they do with Android for everything that I've done on them. It, it can definitely be both, to, to Taylor's point. But I'm really curious about this tablet. I, I wish it was a little cheaper because $1,200, you are squarely in, you know, not just laptop territory, but like MacBook territory. Like, it's going to be hard to sway people. Yeah, I know. I don't know that, like, Samsung can price the Ultra, uh, the exactly. Tab S8 Ultra at $1,200 and get away with it because it's Samsung. They have a proven track record with large screen devices. We know... 
their stuff works. Lenovo, I don't think has quite proven themselves in that regard, especially when it comes to like the high end productivity whatnot, because every time I've tried to use their productivity stuff in the past on like the P11 Pro and other Android tablets, I just want to tear my hair out after half an hour. Yeah, I think the biggest bottleneck for me um, on the Android versus Chrome OS issue for this tablet in particular is browser support, because everything we do basically is out of a browser and Chrome yeah. OS has obviously the full desktop browser. I don't know yep. how much work I could actually get done on an Android tablet. <laughs> you, you'd be amazed at how much you can get done on, a t- on any tablet if you know how to tweak things. But yeah. I got a decent amount done on the way to Qualcomm Snapdragon Summit in November on the plane on a Tab S8, but I don't know if it was enjoyable. I'll, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's doable, but it's not seamless. Taylor, speaking of Lenovo, I guess you also saw the ThinkPhone. How, what are your impressions of <laughs> this product that I'm honestly surprised they haven't already made? You know, it's a, it's a Lenovo phone. No, it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, they have the, instead of that little red nubby guy that their enterprise yeah. uh, laptops have and the, point. the keyboard. <laughs> Yeah, the track point. Uh, they have a, re- I think they call it actually, like the branded term for it is a red key on the side of it that you can customize to do anything, which isn't that unique, but it's kind of nice that it's the same like aesthetic theme as the ThinkBooks, if, if, if enterprise users are interested in that kind of thing. The connectivity stuff with their laptops, their Windows laptops seems really cool. Uh, it was all really fast and seamless, and it kind of brought to mind the way iPhones work with MacBooks with messaging and everything. But yeah, it's not really a, the type of phone that you would just go out and buy for yourself. It's kind of a thing that you would get assigned through your job. But to be fair, I would be right. excited if I got this phone like through my enterprise job, you know? Yeah, it's definitely made to fit into a certain ecosystem Niche. that I don't think like the general like Best Buy shopper is probably part of. Yeah, no. ThinkPad has its following, but it's not that kind of a following anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else from you, Taylor, before we let you go as well? And then uh, R and I will wrap up the non-CES news of the week, which there was a weirdly large amount of. Yes. Uh, although I did want to ask, did y'all get to touch any of the wearables like that Citizen Z, uh, CZ or whatever is going to be that has the alertness tracking on it? No, but I've seen it around here and I meant to I've meant to go up and play with it some. Like Steven said, we haven't had as much time as we would have liked to walk the yeah. show floor yet because there's just been so many meetings away from the convention center. But yeah, I, I mean, we have a lot of today to still do that. And I'm excited to get out there and see some more stuff. Yeah. Is there anything that you guys yeah. specifically would like me to make a point to get to while I'm here? Check out that skylight because I want one and the citizens uh, CZ because I want to know about the alertness tracking because I'm somebody with attention issues. So anything that's like, OK, you're too tired. You need to stop working and go to bed. And hey, you're not paying attention. Get back to work. Yeah, I know it sounds like I'm a child. I basically am. Uh, but that could be very, very useful on some days because my mind is still in vacation mode for the long part. So attention has been an issue this week. But yeah, apart from that, I mean, Um, it's it's been a it's been rough to focus attention here as well. But that's been more just because there's so many. Well, I mean, it's literally designed to distract you. It's it's all flashing lights. Exactly. Yeah. And if I could, if we could have gotten one of those watches to wear around to like monitor our (laughs) alerts. Yeah, no, that that would have been a test. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have one yet, but I will check it out later today. All right. Because, yeah, I think that was the only other like big one out of CES for me because there, there's a lot and granted I'm I'm actually kind of interested in some of the TV stuff but I also know that 
A, that's not really our topic here as much right now. Hopefully we can get into that a little bit more next year. Those but... LG OLEDs, I'm really, uh, uh... I'm, I'm eyeing, <laughs> my wallet is hurting as I eye them because uh, they look very nice. See, I can look at TVs again because I just bought one. The, the wireless one is cool, but just, I mean, just in general, like every single year, I'm like, this is the year I buy an OLED television and it'll probably be an LG OLED television. And then like, I don't do it or like I, it hits like September and I'm like, well, I'm not going to do it now unless the Black Friday deal is really good. So and they were, I don't know, maybe, and I maybe, <laughs> maybe November is the year or is, is the month, you know, the, these, these, uh, like the G3, I think they're all letter three this year. Uh, maybe that'll be when I finally jump on one, but I'm staring at them jealously well i'm still in love with the sony that i bought last month and i'm very very hopeful that we get more awesome oleds and brighter oled screens that can better work in brighter spaces for sure but yeah you go you go have fun though taylor because we we don't want to hold you up (laughs) on what is like one of the last days that you're in vegas so go forth and see all the insanity yeah i really want to play with some more uh weird stuff on the show floor so i'll catch you guys later thanks for having me all righty thanks taylor bye see ya Alrighty, so getting into, well, it was at CES, but it was also not particularly CES crucial. We finally got uh, a big Android Auto update this week with the January release of updates for Android and Google services. The new UI had been in beta since November? Yeah, November. Yes. I've, yeah. I've, 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 I think I've been the only one on the Android police staff who's actually had the beta. And I got it in December, finally. It just took Yay! a while. Google was like, do you want us to add you? And I was like, yes, please. And then they never did. And I had to, I, there was finally like space open and I just enrolled <laughs> myself. Oh, yeah, no, I'd been in the Android auto beta since well before that one. And I was very happy I got it when I did, because while it was infuriating the day that it happened, because it broke uh, wireless Android auto for me, I've just yeah. loved the new UI. But uh, the new yeah, UI is much finally improved. rolling out to everybody, although that is going to take... What did they Who say? Knows? Up to six weeks for it to hit everybody? I don't think they said anything specific, at least in the in the information I had, but it is a Google server side rollout. So be patient. Like these things can take time. Yeah. And the new layout, which we should describe for people who are not, you know, looking at any of the pretty pictures from the announcement right now is instead of it just being one app full size on your screen, you're uh you now have the option to have um a basically windowed view. So you'll have your maps on the left side taking up like two thirds of the screen and then the mm-hmm. mus- uh, your music app or if you're on the phone, the phone app can take up that extra third of the screen. Uh, yeah. And when you first get into the car, it'll be two thirds your map, like a quarter your music of what's uh, what starts playing automatically when you get into the car. And then there'll be a, uh, a couple of buttons with guest destinations. Like for me, it'll sometimes be like, oh, you're in the car. Are we going to get pizza or are we going to get groceries? Yeah. Overall, it's just, it's a more it's organized, nice. yeah, more organized, like smarter method of laying out information. Because you can still go full screen when you need to. And you yeah. can still get into the app drawer when you need to. But being able to just have the two things that matter the most to you on the screen at the same time is such a godsend. And like, to be clear, a lot of this from like the side mounted shortcuts or even the bottom mounted shortcuts, depending on the shape of your screen too much. Yeah, I have the bottom ones. I'm so jealous of y'all with the left mounted ones. Yeah, it's very CarPlay, like straight up the dashboard view that CarPlay has had for Jesus, oh, probably three years now uh, is very similar to this, but it works on CarPlay and it works here. 
and it's good to see that it's here. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. So hopefully y'all get to experience it soon. Uh, we very much enjoyed it. I think we actually need to review it at some point in the near future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially because if you don't have a display in your car, like these days, your, your options are very limited. So this stuff matters more than ever. Yes, yes, it does. And speaking of car stuff, that is very, very important. Uh, Bluetooth connectivity in the car has been broken for some people following the January uh, security update for Pixel owners on the Pixel 7 series and the Pixel 6 series. It actually seems like this might be a little more widespread, although most people who noticed it have those phones. But yeah, basically, um, we started seeing reports on Reddit and, and Twitter, um, a, a couple people tagged us in their reports, uh, which is kind of how we were alerted to it, that after updating to the January patch, which came out on Tuesday this week, they were no longer able to connect to their car's Bluetooth. Other Bluetooth devices, totally fine. Headphones, speakers, whatever. But for whatever reason, cars made by Kia and Hyundai were the prime examples given, but you had Toyota, Honda, Infinity. There were, I think I even saw someone say Ford, which was the first time I had seen that. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't impacting every single device. No. Whenever no. we saw Honda, I was like, oh. Well, right. Because oh, you drive no. a Honda, no, you no, had no, 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 no issues. No. Uh, I yeah, drive so- a Chevy, I had no issues. But Rajesh, who writes for us, uh, he was unable to, to connect to his uh, Toyota made car uh, after Aww. updating to the January patch. So we've even seen it like among staff yeah it's weird i don't know what would cause this specifically for these pixels to not be able to connect to well, um, when you're connecting to a car stereo i think there tends to be a little bit more of a data connection than there, there is, is for you're just thinking uh, context yeah. phone log all that so I'm, i think it has something to do with that although that the other thing guess. is yeah. the uh the other thing that seems to be a correlation is the age of the vehicle because we've mostly seen reports for these on older vehicles yeah, it's it's odd. I've tried to like nail down a pattern, basically, but there's not a ton of rhyme and reason as to why it's happening on some phones and not others. I mean, I mean, who knows? I am sick, as people can probably hear in my voice. I haven't really been driving most places this week, but my Pixel 7 was working fine yesterday. There's a chance I could get in the car now and it wouldn't connect. Who knows? Yeah, no, I'm not going to take any chances. I'm just going <laughs> to knock on wood after hearing you say that because I don't. <laughs> I need Android Auto in the car to work. Orlando is insane. Uh, I cannot take my road off the eyes for any reason. I need AA to just work so I can glance down, make sure I haven't missed my exit and glance back up and make sure that nobody has tried to cross five lanes to get to an exit and is about to T-bow me. We did reach out to Google. Uh, We did not hear back. So um, we have not heard back yet. So hopefully Uh, they figure it out. Hopefully, yeah, if um, they figure it out, we get some update over the weekend or hopefully early next week. I'm very much hoping that this is yeah, something that can be fixed in the next well, couple of days, especially because it's something as important as you really can't use your phone while you're in the car safely. So your Bluetooth yeah. connection needs to be solid. Yeah. Thankfully, this is a software issue. Like, it, it can be fixed. Uh, do you know what can't be fixed as easily is when your uh, <laughs> rear yes. camera glass uh, shatters, which is happening to... A strangely large amount of Pixel 7s, not every Pixel 7, but uh, enough that we noticed over the holiday break and wrote a report on it. And yeah, basically a lot of reports on social media, on Twitter, on Reddit of the glass panel shattering, despite the fact that the camera bar now has um, metal around uh, it. Yeah, has aluminum on it. Yeah, the glass that is covering the camera lenses on the back of the Pixel 7 or 7 Pro is just shattering like the the images are crazy i i really recommend listeners look up our coverage on this because like 
it looks like a bullet <laughs> hit the phone. Yeah, no, I, I don't like looking at the pictures just because it, it makes me sad. And as a Pixel 7 owner, it very much makes me nervous. I do wonder whether it might be some temperature thing because it's been so cold the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, if the metal is is that. contracting too, if the metal is contracting too much, and that's putting undue pressure on the lens. Although the fact that these are all breaking in exactly the same place, it seems yeah. like, is not great. The mm. guess seems to be that basically because as winter weather hits, much of I mean, this is primarily U.S. centric story. Although I'm sure it's happening across the world, but as it's hitting the U.S., people are going from outside to inside, or you know, vice versa. Although. That should be expected. It should be yes. expected that you go from a 70 degree house to a 20 degree car. Yeah, 20 for degree. Half an yeah, hour. exactly. Or like you, you go outside to or shovel you outside, your driveway. Yeah. Or God forbid uh, your city get hit by a, a quote unquote once in a generation blizzard and you spend 60 hours without power. I don't know who that would happen to. Certainly not uh, me living in Buffalo, New Dude, York. Dude, you, you've just had a rough two weeks. <laughs> this weekend will be my makeup Christmas for both my girlfriend's family. And my own family, so I get to celebrate Christmas. Hooray! This second weekend. Christmas, I guess. No, it's it's just first Christmas. I didn't have a, I, I didn't have a first Christmas for this to be second. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, uh, I hope everyone had a good holiday. Uh, uh better than mine, at least. Um. Yeah. No, I mean, I I had a great <laughs> holiday apart from you know getting caught in the Southwest outage and having to pay eight hundred yeah. bucks in order to get home. But yeah, yeah no, you. You just had a rough go of it because, like, you lost your heat, you lost your power and I internet did. for furnace... a couple of days. For a couple of days, like, dude, I would not be able to cope. Yeah, I I didn't have power for two and a half days, and then um, when the the power came back on, my furnace was no longer working, and so that that got fixed this week. So we didn't have a, a, a properly working furnace um, for an, an additional week and a half, basically. At least you know how to light your furnace manually now. Yeah, yeah. I, you're really not supposed to, but I was lighting my furnace with a, a lighter. <laughs> you're really not supposed to, but I did it. For... I mean, what's the alternative when it's that cold outside? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of space heaters, I guess, which we had. But yeah, zero out of ten. I don't recommend uh, going through a, a, a generational blizzard that I'm sure. I was going to say, how many once in a generation blizzards have y'all had up there in the last five years? <laughs> I will say I've never been through a storm like the one that just hit. And I've lived in Buffalo or at least this area. I've lived in Western New York my entire life. And so um, I've been through blizzards. I've been through blizzards that shut down the highways for a week. I've never been through one like this. So. Well, I hope y'all don't get one again between now and when the ice thaws. And we will certainly. Oh, like I mean, all the all the snow is already melted. Oh, like, I'm my sure. My backyard is flooded, but uh, yeah, it's all grass. Like we basically three days after the storm passed, it was fifty degrees. So, um, speaking of you know, temper temperature shifts that could shatter your phone's back glass. Uh, but um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's basically what's happening with the Pixel 7's uh, camera glass. We don't really have an answer on this from Google specifically, but, uh, it is certainly- Keep your phones closed, keep your phones warm, I guess, is the best it... advice for hopefully getting around this. It is picking up more media traction than ever. I, I think The Verge just wrote about it today or, or yesterday, and, like, obviously, when it comes to tech sites- uh, they're very, very popular. So yeah. I would not be surprised if Google uh, comes out and says something about this fairly soon, because this is clearly picking up steam. Yeah. And also not a great thing, considering how well the Pixel 7 has sold in the last couple of months. You don't want people buying a phone and then two months in, 
oh no, it looks like somebody shot your camera. Yeah, yeah. We we had a report this week about how carrier stores are moving more Pixel 7s than they were Pixel 6s, which is not super surprising considering how positive the reviews have been and, of course, the massive marketing campaign. I was, like, joking about Avatar 2 earlier in the show, but, like, when I saw Avatar in theaters, like, in the middle of trailers, there was an ad. Like, not, no. not pre-roll, but, like, in the middle of... In you know, the middle of the com- like all the yeah, movie it's like trailers, Shazam: Theory of the Gods is out yeah. in April. Now here's a quick Pixel Seven trailer or uh, commercial. <laughs> now back to Guardians of the Galaxy Three. <laughs> yeah, no, and every t- same with um. God, you want to talk about more Buffalo things? I saw two different Pixel Seven ads during the the ten during minutes Monday of the Bills Bengals game that got yeah. played on on Monday, and so and I mean that's been you know since the phone launched, like every single Bills game has like five or six pixel seven ads it the, the marketing blitz for this phone specifically is is crazy and i mean it seems to be paying off but i mean finally yeah. bringing us phones that well at least the pixel six and P- pixel seven justified their price tags completely pixel seven pro also managed to justify 900 i don't think the pixel six pro did so yeah, i agree hopefully not all of us who have pixel sevens will face the same fate between now and the end of the winter Mine have survived so far, although I will say I was not taking them outside in uh, hurricane force <laughs> winds <laughs> while I was shoveling. Yeah, no, don't do that. No, uh, I, I left those oh. inside. Good. I guess that's it for this week, right? I mean, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. I was about to just kind of wrap up and say no, yeah. no matter where you are, just like stay safe, stay warm. Yeah. Uh, hope your phone stays intact. Um. <laughs> And hope you had at least some fun out of all the nonsense that comes out of CES. I mean, having a tech show the first week of January has never made sense to me and likely never will make sense to me. But at the very least, it does give us some fun news to start off the year with. And, you know, then five and six months of waiting to actually see most of these devices. Yeah. And and there's plenty of stuff we didn't get to as well that you can read up on the website. Um, OnePlus sort of basically announced the the 11 this week because it's getting an early launch in China. Um, that's I mean, not an announcement know, that phone has been announced four times by I now i know it has this they pretended they weren't going to do it this year and then they did it anyway and it, it was uh it is what it is you um, announce a phone once yeah. if you do it more than that then a people stop believing you when you say you've announced a phone and you don't have the phone to sell and then b it just every time i hear that they've announced the phone my interest in that phone cuts in half because it's like yeah. okay you said you've announced this and yes that is a phone here are some of the specs for it. Cool. Uh, and then there's nothing for weeks and weeks. And I'm like, okay, so the phone didn't matter because nobody has written about it. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, well, you know, thankfully, they've moved up the U.S. launch this year compared to last year when it was at, like the end of the very end of March this year. It's it's early February, so we're not super far from their unveiling. But um, oh, good. So the beginning yeah. of so February will be a busy month for phones between the S23 series is expected and the OnePlus 11. Yeah, it'll and be it'll Mobile be busy. I'll have lots to talk about. I'm I sure. mean, like we have oh, everything of course, in Barcelona. at the end of the month is yeah, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the month is Mobile World Congress. So we'll get a bunch of stuff from there as well. Yeah, Hooray. it's going to be big. Alrighty. Well, we are going to hopefully you're going to rest up. I know I need to rest <laughs> yeah. up after I finish getting these edits done. Yeah, um, go by the time uh, people hear this, the the best of CES article will be up on the site. So go go check that out. See all the stuff that we maybe didn't talk about or all of our favorite picks. Yeah. So y'all have a good weekend. I'm I would try and do something cute, but I I, I think I've just hit the point where I'm out of steam. And uh, will I'll, I bet I'll you give it a too. shot. I'll give it a shot. OK, I'm I'm uh, I'm 
Will underscore Saddleberg on Twitter. Ara, you're um, Ara Wagco. Yeah, um, Twitter on Twitter and yes. on uh, Mastodon. Right. Uh, Jules is Point Jules. Uh, our, our wonderful producer who will uh, edit this into something listenable. Sorry, Jules. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Daniel, who I don't even know if we mentioned, uh, should be back next week. He's very busy this week. Uh, Daniel is Journey Dan, right? Yes. Jer- uh, Daniel is I'm, Journey I'm Dan, so and he is um, trying to run a lot of things right now. And He's got Coming a lot off of the holidays, yeah. there's just been so much yeah. that piles up. So I'm he'll, hoping he'll that back. he gets to take a break this weekend. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, you can check out everything over at the uh, the site andrewpleece.com. Yes. So, hope you had fun with all the CES stuff. I hope you have fun with everything that's coming up this year and in the next couple of months. I guess it's gonna it's gonna be a fun ride. So, yeah. strap in, get some rest, and uh, get ready. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>